All right, we're live. What's up, guys? John Sintez here, Cutter Nation Podcast 83, Cass Kreitlow, my partner. Uh, we are live on YouTube and Instagram. You can check us out there if you aren't sure. We also will repost this on the Apple Podcast app. Um, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for this podcast. Uh, it's been growing nicely. I appreciate everybody's uh, questions and comments and uh, the subscribers. Uh, we can see the numbers are going up. So we're trying to get some gangbusters on this uh, podcast like Scott Lacey, our guy. So without further ado, uh, Scott Lacey, um, pitching coach uh, slash pitching artist extraordinaire. Wow, that's that's a that's an intro, man. Thank you. Uh, you know, I like that I got episode number eighty-three because you know that's how hard I threw. So it's, it's very very <laughs> fitting and apropos. Uh, but no, thanks guys for having me, man. I'm pumped. It's Wes Welker's episode. <laughs> yeah, we can go. You know, that's better, Wes. You know, and I bet he probably threw harder than me. So that that we can go with that. That works for me too. Dude, know? that that dude, that dude, a little yeah, fast he, guys. Yeah, he's a dude. I mean, he probably had 20 concussions. So, you know, but hey, he made his money. He's a good player. So that's awesome. But yeah, man, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Definitely, definitely. Um, so you and I met in Nashville um, in the Hit Tracks uh, booth. We were sitting there, and all of a sudden, you and I had, we had a small conversation, and then it was like, uh, okay. I need to handle some things. I'll be right back because uh, we need to communicate more because we were both asking some questions. So um, uh, why don't you let everybody know uh, who you are, where you're at, um, what you're doing. Yeah. um, So I am the pitching coach at Southwestern University. It's a D3 in Georgetown, Texas. Um, But my full-time job is as a pitching instructor, I guess you could call it, at uh, True Grind Systems. It's a training gym in North Austin. Uh, we mostly, during season, like during the pro season, we mostly cater to high school and college athletes, but during the off season, uh, we'll also work with uh, pro guys as well. Um, and mainly the focus is if we can get them to move better, uh, clean up some deficiencies, and then figure out, you know, what their strengths are, then it's all right, let's let's build a program. Let's build you up to maximize your strengths and to give yourself the best chance to go out and you know be successful, but also make adjustments when things aren't going well. That's great. Yeah. So um, it it is has to be a pleasure uh, for your players. Uh, how did the season start for you guys over at Southwestern? You know it. it the, the first game of the year was a little rough. We, you know, started a, a senior starter that's been a dude, and, you know, he uh, gets injured four pitches into the game. And, in fact, it was probably my fault because I told the bullpen right before the game, I was like, listen, like, kind of get moving, but this guy generally goes seven to nine. So, like, you don't really have to be ready to pitch. And then we had to go to a reliever four batters into the game. So that was a little, uh, you know, that was a little trying, but it, it it started to work out well because our best arms are starting to get back in shape. Um, you know, the two best arms we had, one guy, you know, popped out at 100 and, you know, was was pounding the zone, started to get back into his rhythm, which was great. And we had a couple of relievers that really had come a long way. And so we were pretty excited to get the year going. And, um, you know, we had guys playing new positions, so it was 
it was right at the time where everything was starting to click. We started to see some success. We were pumped. We're like, all right, this is about to, you know, we're about to start conference. This is about to take off. We're going to be in a really good place. Um, and then, you know, everything got shut down. So it was kind of a bummer because we were just starting to get hot and it was starting to look like, all right, we're, we're about to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, you know, we had some guys really step up, some young guys figure it out, and um, we we're really looking forward to breaking three or four school records this year. So it was kind of tough when everything got banged. Who's did in you your just conference? Slip in a, did you just slip in a casual guy throwing a hundred? Did that just happen? Just a <laughs> casual hundred in a D three school? Yeah, you know, you, you you gotta you gotta throw that in there occasionally. He's uh he was our Friday night guy the last two years. He was our conference pitcher of the year the previous year uh, i pitched in the northwoods and in the prospect game in the northwoods hit i think it was 96 and then um you know he for the whole year this year was you know 95 to 98 uh you know it's just uh, just one of those guys that's just he didn't pitch in high school and the first practice i show up to on campus my first day like as a coach there and he was a third baseman and the coach is telling me like, yeah, you know, we don't really have too many arms right now. You know, we have no POs. And I was like, all right. And then I watched him throw across the diamond. I was like, why is he at third base? Like he better be able to hit out of his mind because that is a cannon. I was like that's 85, 86 across the diamond. He goes, oh no, he'll close for us. And then, you know, he just kind of grew and yeah, he, he topped out at a hundred and like he threw a pen a week or two ago where he told me he's like yeah i casually sat 95 i was like oh that's that's fun you know so uh, can we can we go into this process on this human can we because if you saw the genesis of this guy um yeah. can i can i get a time frame can we go into a little bit more detail on what you can yeah. talk about uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, sure. i'm I'm in th these stories, I feel like are the ones that, uh, you know, anecdotally can shine some, shine some educational light for people like me and, uh, you know, other people that look for correlations and trends inside of these. Um, cause there's so many of them, you know what I mean? Right, and so there, right. a lot of them are different, you know, but also there's a lot of them that are the same, right? So yep, yep. can you, the, can we get a little history on the athlete before you see yeah. him, um, um, 85 across the diamond? Yeah, so he was a third baseman in high school. He happened to go to a school that had a ton of pitching. So they had multiple D1 arms. Uh, when he was a sophomore, uh, Paddock was there. The next year they had, I think, Cole Quintanilla who went to Texas. They had two or three other guys. So he never pitched. He was a third baseman. And um, there was a guy in the area that did recruiting that went to a practice at his high school and sees him throwing, and he's like, does that kid pitch? And he goes, no. He's like, he needs to. He's got the best arm. Like, that's the best arm action. And so his senior year, I mean, he didn't pitch really until the playoffs. And he was, you know, 85, 88. Um, but just, you know, electric. Like, you could just see it like, man, there's, there's something there. Um, we get him on campus. He played third the whole year. So he would – Game one and game two, play third base. And then game three, we pitch him. Um, our first year there as a staff was his freshman year. And uh, to say we were bad is a um, – that's very disrespectful to bad teams. We were <laughs> awful. 
So our best chance to win a game in the series was pitching him in game three because it was like, all right, we're going to line him up against their game three guy. If we can somehow manage to hit a baseball more than twice, we can probably, you know, scrap together a few runs. You know, we were better as a team when we didn't swing the bat. We led the nation in strikeouts and we led the nation in walks as an offensive team. Just to give you a reference point. So if we didn't swing, we had a better chance of getting on base. So uh, he would pitch, you know, game three, and um, you know he was by, good. We, by the way, by yeah. the way, there's for the people that don't know, like like real baseball players, or if you haven't understood this yet, our ability to like completely destroy a situation <laughs> in words of like negativity is always the best because like we yesterday. can fight. Dude, yesterday, who, is that, who did we have on yesterday? Who, what, I don't know what day it is anymore. Oh, uh, Sam DiMatteo. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was just destroying his team. He's like, they, they were so bad. I'm like, <laughs> oh. some of, I mean, I've been on them. It's, I've been on them, it's but it's like the coaches oh. I've been with, I've always been like so careful to be like, oh, yeah. But but we tried. I mean, Sam even said it. God, they tried so hard. They, you know, what I mean? like. Hey, that's yeah, like a great. It's a great suck. podcast question because everybody's been on that team, right? Like we're just like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We and and you know and the funny part is you try try to be as kind about it as you can because you know it's not like the kids didn't. It wasn't for lack of trying. Like they yeah. tried their absolute hardest. It was just like the way recruiting went, the way their head coach got hired, like pretty much it was a perfect storm where we had no talent left on the rock. Like I think we had seven POs to start the year. And like our best pitcher, um, you know, the, like actual PO couldn't start the season. Like he didn't pitch until like a month in because over the winter break, he's throwing with his best friend who, you know, pitched at A&M and somehow it tipped off his glove and broke his ocular bone. So we don't we don't even have of our course. best arm, you know. <laughs> of course, he's trying to do the right thing, stay in shape, right. be ready, right. and then. He, and, and what sucks is like this is the guy that like always works hard, always does the right thing. You know, yes sir, no sir, like grind. Usually so catches he, the ball. Usually <laughs> catches the ball. You know, like it's it's just tough. So we were we were really bad. So it it gave him a lot of opportunities to just get on the mound and you know, just kind of figure it out. And um, for him, a lot of it was learn on the fly. Um, and that year, our pitching coach we had about three weeks into the season, we're on a road trip coming back home. He takes a phone call, then he sends a, a message in the coach's group chat and says, like, hey, guys, um, I just got an offer from the Cubs to be uh, a roving pitching instructor. I leave tomorrow. And so we get off the bus. Our head coach turns and looks at me and says, all right, you got two weeks to show me you can be a pitching coach. Like, go with go with this kid and, like, show me what you can do. I was like, oh, all right. And we're playing the number one team in the nation that week. So it's like, all right, well, let's let's see what we got. And uh, he ended up throwing pretty well. So it was, you know, it, that year was good for him just because he was able to get his feet wet as a pitcher. Um, you know, that summer he went and pitched in the Jayhawk League in Kansas. Um and what team is he just on? had him as a reliever. And so going – he's got a chance. You know, his freshman year, he was 86, 89, would grab a few 90s occasionally. Um, you know, but he's 6'4", 160 pounds. So, you know, a stiff breeze blew him over on the mound. 
Uh, and so going into a sophomore year, we're like, all right, man, you, you need to crush the weight room. We need to crush the weighted ball programming um, and just let it eat and see what you can do. And, you know, he really cemented himself his sophomore year as just a dude. And he, he came out, you know, first game of the year, touched 94 and struck out 18 and went CG. And it was like, man, that like, okay, cool. We got our guy. Like, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, I think from, I think he put on about 25 pounds that off season, um, just weighted ball programming, crushed it, long toss, crushed it, did everything he needed to do. Um, and then last summer, you know, after a sophomore year, goes to the Northwoods, throws all right. Like, you know, what I team? he had a three RA and uh, he was with uh, Duluth. And, you know, he, he did good. You know, he's the only D3 guy on their roster. Um, you know, he held his own and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't get the cheap swings and misses that I get, you know, at D3s. Like, I can't just pump a 2-0 heater by a guy. Like, I have to pitch. Um, but he's like, it's also easier to pitch because my breaking stuff means more now. Like, I, I can't just rely on, on fastball. So I, I had to learn how to pitch, which that, that was huge for him last summer. And um, funny enough, you know, he was, he was 92, 94 in the Northwoods. And he, you know, was kind of getting close to his innings limit. So we gave him about four weeks off. And we're starting to get him back on ramping. And uh, his first bullpen back after taking some time off to get ready for their showcase game, I go in thinking, all right, he's going to be, you know, 88, 92. Like, not throwing hard. It wasn't going to be a high intent day or anything. And um, the first pitch he throws is 95. And I'm, I'm watching it going like, all right, this is fuzz. I'm like, hey, man, how you feeling? He's like, yeah, you know, I feel good today. It's it's, it's coming out good. I'm like, what would you say? 91? He's like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, all right, well, that was 95. And he was like, all right. And so he starts to get going, and it's 95, 97, 97, 98, 98, 99, 99, 100, 98, 98. All right, we'll, we'll call the bullpen. Um, and it's just a thing where, you know, he's got an electric arm. Like, just naturally, he, he moves extremely well. Uh, his only cue he's ever had when playing the infield was get the ball and throw it as hard as I can to first base. And so he would just throw, you know, if, if you give a golf analogy, he would just throw low stingers across the diamond, trying to keep it on the deck and, you know, backspin the piss out of it. And so when he gets on the mound, that's kind of his cue is just like, all right, I'm just going to backspin it to the catcher's mitt and, you know, just cut it loose. So, uh, yeah, you know, for him, it was it was an interesting because he put on weight. The strength definitely helped. He didn't like the weight room at first. He wasn't accustomed to it. Um, but long tossing, like, I mean, he, he'll go in, in pregame, you know, he'll go foul pole to foul pole. And it's just like, it's all right, you know, let me get ready to pitch. And you're just like, well, okay, that that's not normal. So we knew pretty quickly we had a really good arm. Uh, but to where he developed to, like, I knew he was going to be good. I didn't know he was going to be that good, right? Well, it sounds to me like the, the process was years, right? Could you, could you, what, what do you think the time frame was from, from Genesis of this idea to a hundred? Uh, probably, I don't know, about two years, give or take. 
I would say. To, uh, and, you're, and are you saying constant throwing? Constant? Oh, oh yeah. Constant, like, he's throwing. You know, we, we throw just about six days a week. You know, two high intent days, two bullpen days. Um, and, uh, you know, it took about two years of that. And once he got into that, man, it, it truly got to be something special, you know. So And, and in, so in, with that – Go ahead. No, I was just going to, I'm just trying to uh, get the schedule down. Cause that's where I, you know, I find a lot of, um, Oh no, there's a lot of truth. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of truth in the, in the programming and the schedule. Right. So uh, two and high, right, high right, intent right. days, those are two high intent plyo days. Is that, or are they, what are, what, what is that day? Ah, gotcha. So it's really dependent on, sorry, I'm trying to get set up in my house real quick. Um, it's really dependent on what phase we're in. But generally, we try to use those days as either plyo velo, so we're testing out the plyo care throws, or uh, pull downs or mound uh, mound velo, where we're going off mound and trying to let it eat. Um, and so we'll we'll go like, you know, Friday, uh, or let's go Monday, you know, light intent, not trying to go too hard. We're just trying to long toss it, and then. Um, you know, Tuesday will be a, a nice, easy recovery day. Wednesday, we'll give them off. Thursday, all right, let's go higher intent. Let's like let's let's let it eat and let's just let the ball fly. And um, you know, it's really dependent. If we're getting close to the season, we're going to want to use that training economy for getting on the mound and working on pitches and throwing a bullpen. If we're you know deep in the off season, okay, well then now we're going to do more velo building. So whether it'll be pull downs um plyo care or you know just like a heavy intent long toss day with you know um some pull downs at the very very end it's just kind of all dependent on where they're at in their training phase like in their season essentially i think it's crazy uh that a college coach for two years straight is is programming for a guy that goes from 85 to 100 because of the dedication of that and you know in the private sector, it's it shouldn't be a problem, uh, but you right. see all the time as uh, when multiple coaches become involved, there's massive amounts of miscommunication yep. or lack of yep. communication or opinions, yep. philosophies crossing. Um, yeah. You you being both, right? right, right. You being a both. Um, do you have any examples of some stuff that you've dealt with of being a you know private coach and a college coach that that you find valuable? And I want you to talk about the D3 schedule because that was my world and that's that's yeah. different. Yeah, the D3 schedule is awful. But uh, stuff from the private world that goes into ours, like like that goes into the um, you know, school side is just being able to watch a bullpen and go, okay, cool, this is what we're working on. This is the focus for today. But then also all of the cues you're able to do with, uh, plyo care. Like we're not, as coaches, we're not allowed to be there for most of the fall. Like we get four weeks with them. So we have to optimize those four weeks to teach them how to move and really break down like, okay, these are the patterns you need to hit the most, you know, in plyos, this is, you know, the four or five drills that you need to absolutely crush in order to make the most of that time. Because I'm not like, I'm not going to be there. Like I, I can't, you know, NCAA rules state, I can't go 
watch you pitch. I can't be there when you're throwing. So the hardest part of the job is taking, you know, those little cues, the stuff you can do every day, you know, and, and like I see when you work in John, it's like you cue guys when they're throwing and you make adjustments in the moment. Well, you're not really given that Liberty. If I, if I can't see him every day, I, I can't do it. I can watch a video and be like, okay, yeah, do this, do that. Um, so it's, those four weeks, it's so important that I can spend every minute with them so I can get those patterns set in, know what they're trying to feel and them just have the best idea for, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful. Um, and that's, that's really the hardest part about it. And, you know, to go with the, the scheduling, man, I mean, you know, four weeks, if you think about it, you know, D1s get, uh, I think it's like 17 hours a week where they're able to do private one-on-one stuff with their uh, pitchers and with their hitters. Man, if you gave me that every week, oh God, that'd be amazing. I would, I would go. There, I mean, I don't think there should be any restrictions. I think it's absolute bullshit. I'm going out on a limb and saying this, like, when you talk to NAI guys that have the freedom to do whatever they want, oh yeah, they, they don't they don't do crazy shit. They do things that are healthy. Like I was talking to San Diego Christian guy, um, and he's like, "Yeah, the first two three weeks of school, we're not practicing." You kidding me? Those kids don't know what the hell is up, down, left, right. They have no idea what's going on. No, they, and for my no, for no. my re, for my returners, like, dude, they they get to come back and they get to get their shit in order. And so yep. like, and then you, and then you at, at the D3 level, especially in, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. Um, right. You know, we're like, it's winter is coming. Right. Like we got to get right, out right. the, well, the now. And, right. Um, and that's, then we, and then yeah. we were sharing this, we're sharing the field with uh, the St. Paul Saints independent league team and the right, American right, Association. Right. right. Like what D3, you know, how many D3 teams have their own field and just get to hang out. I, I bet it's a lot more common with you guys, but. Anyway, there's there's kind of my two cents on the whole thing because I just think this I think the NCAA all the restrictions um, it just it, it's just you're everybody's gonna find all the loopholes so you might as well let it police itself and and right. if you're and if you're a program that just beats your kids into the ground people are gonna go to your program it's 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 common sense right and, and so it's, the thing I don't get is like you know if you're being honest D three guys need more work than everyone else. Like, like that's the truth. Like they, they do. There's a re like, we have a phrase. There's a reason you're at D3. Like it's <laughs> there, whatever reason it is. As, I as hate that is, phrase, but I get it, Scott. I'll let you, I, I'll let it slide. Listen, man, I, I hate it too. That's but, almost as bad know. as the D2. I chose D2. Like I remember they came around and put cameras in our faces and they're like, I chose, say that I chose D2. We were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, we, our, our, our head coach goes, uh, when we do like the uh, uh, um, player shots, right? Like their their face shots for the website for the programs, they put like a backdrop that says like you know Southwestern and then D three. It's like checkered, right? Like you would see like on any uh, interview for like a big league team. And he purposely tells the people taking the picture that he's like, hey, listen, like you need to set it up to where I can't see D three in any part of it. And they're like, why? He's like. I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want people to look at that and go, Oh, D three. Like I just want people to look at it and say, Oh, Southwestern. And it's, yeah, man, it, it's, it's funny on how that works, but like, dude, you're there. Why are we giving these guys more time? Like, like it's not hard. Like what? These kids wanna, obviously are, 
yeah. I want to share one thing because it'll it, it, I'll tee it up and then I'll I'll let you run with it. So we had gotcha. uh, Amanda Aguirre Allen on, uh, and she was a part of uh, a couple NCAA championships with UCLA uh, uh, right. softball, and um, she talked she. <laughs> She played, I don't remember what the sport was, but so she won her championships and then she went and got her master's and ended up becoming a lawyer. But in her master's program, she also took on another sport, uh, another okay. division one sport during law school because she knew that it was going to make her more organized. And, and yeah. so I have, I mean, if you can, I, I, this isn't for everybody. I'm not saying whittle your life down okay. to three things, but there are so many athletes that would be willing to be a student athlete and that's it if they were allowed to be right. And, and right. like, there, I just feel like this is, um, I, I think there's so much more room for college coaches to have a huge impact on these kids' lives because nobody else is at this time. You know, it's right. not like the, it's not like they're like, I, I mean, I went to a small college. I went to a liberal arts college and it's not like I'm like, man, I can't wait to hang out with my advisor. Right. But, right. But like I'll, I'll chill with my head coach. Right. Like yeah. I'll, I'll hang out yeah. with that. Or your squad. Yeah. Your boys. Yeah. That's a right. good point. That's a, that's a good point. That's a, I, I think that that is, dude, you hit the nail on the head because like, if I if think you the NCAA could... is missing the opportunity to have a huge impact on people. And that's what, yeah. the, it's like their mission statement. Oh yeah. When, in... Cause that's what you're doing at that age. Anyway, if you're in college, if you're in, you're, right. you're with everybody anyway. So why not make right. it a real, you know, available option? It's a, it's a better yeah. dude. It's safer Captain's practice. Yeah. Right. right. Like, like uh, I went to an NAIA and so, I mean, back then it was a wild west. Like you could do whatever. Our head coach was like, "Hey, um, who's yeah, getting gotta... dipped?" Yeah, he's like, "Hey, the the facility, you have a key to it. So if you want to go in and hit indoors, you can. If you want to go hit yeah. on the field at night, you can." Like, and he would say it like he's like, "Listen, there's nothing to do here. Like the town's the literal name of the town is Plainview. Like there's nothing for 40 minutes in, Real in any direction, right?" He's like, so really the only thing you can do is like study and like practice baseball. So you might as well. So like, I know we would go in at nights and we'd have to fight with our Puerto Ricans who, because they would stay there from eight o'clock until one in the morning, just hitting off the machine. They would just set the machine up and take five, 600, 600 hats. And that's all we did was just, we went and practiced baseball and we weren't doing anything wrong. Like we were in a good environment. We were with good people. We were learning like, you're in an environment and our assistant coaches would roll in and hang out and they're just, you know, shooting the breeze, chilling, watching occasionally. If somebody asks them like, Hey, you know, feel this or do this. But other than that, like you're just hanging out with people who are really good players. And it's like, okay, well, if we take that away, what are these kids going to do? They're going to find something to do. Like you're going to find something to fill the void. So why not, have them learn the skill, get disciplined at the skill with the people who are trying to teach them the skill. And and all it does in my experience is create such a challenge for the coaches to be the, the things that they can be, you know, because oh, sure. now, you know, you, I know that transparency is a huge thing in coaching. And right. when you, I mean, how many games do you play by though? You're talking, your schedule sounds um, a little bit different. We, ours is uh 40 games. And then um, 
we'll have the conference tournament and then regionals and after that. But it's forty. How games many teams are in your conference? Schedule. Uh, eight, I believe, seven or eight. Because you were talking. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because we, I think we had eleven or twelve, so that's why we were playing doubleheaders. Okay. And you're talking about three game series. We never had three game series. Yeah, we'll um, do like we'll do like one Friday. And then double dip Saturday. If we have the option, we'll do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, who's in your conference? I wonder if I recognize. Uh, Texas Lutheran, TLU, uh, Trinity, Centenary, uh, Austin College, St. Thomas, uh, Shriner. I think there's one more I'm forgetting. No, that's it. That's it. When was – God. When was how, how like who's is there like a perennial powerhouse? Trinity and like, TLU. TLU lost yeah, in the national okay. title series. They lost. They were runner-ups, I think, two years ago. Uh, Trinity won the national title in sixteen. Uh, Centenary's been, I think, to like one or two regionals, but it's generally Trinity. They're they're generally the best ones year in and year out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When was the last time you guys won a conference? Two thousand two. Uh, the program, like from, uh, I, I want to say in the seventies till about 2002, um, there was one coach and he was amazing. And like, he had God knows how many conference championships, how many, yeah. he never won a national title, but a runner up a couple times, um, you know, three or four big leaguers. Like it, it was for small schools in Texas. Like it was one of the best small schools in Texas to go play at. Like our yeah. head coach played it, played at Trinity. And they were rivals. And he was like, yeah, I hated playing Southwestern. He's like, they destroyed us. He's like, they come in, throw up 18, show up the next day, just like, all right, like, let's warm up. I'm not taking it too seriously. And then put up another 15. He's like, every arm was a pro arm. Um, And then after that head coach retired, uh, the program kind of took a downturn. Like it didn't, it, you know, wasn't as good. And D3 baseball as a whole kind of went down a little bit. And uh, we took over three years ago. Our head coach came in, and I came in the same year he did. Um, and last year was our first winning season since 2002. And so it was, you know, just a steady rebuild going off of that. But, you know, when you face you – know, you go face Trinity, my first year at Southwestern when we played them, their starter didn't throw a ball till the third inning of the game. And I'm coaching first base – like watching it, like, man, like this guy's shoving. And, you know, he was 88, 92, but could move it, like good breaking ball, good change up. And I go in about the third inning and I'm like, I go to our head coach. I'm like, hey, like, is this guy throwing a ball yet? Like he's been dicing. I mean, I was like, maybe he's throwing 24 pitches, maybe. And he goes, I don't know. So he texts the head coach for the other team, who's his best friend, and says, hey, how many balls is this guy thrown? He goes, uh, none yet. He's 24 strikes, no balls. We're just like, oh, this is great. Um, I think mean, we only scored like one or two runs that weekend. It was like, yeah, we had a one run home. We had a solo shot, solo bomb, and that was it. It was the most dominating pitching staff I'd seen in the three years I've been coaching uh, at the D3 level because the number two was a lefty. It was like 88-92 with a plus banger. And then number three was like the big arm that couldn't throw strikes, but diced against us. And he touched like 94. And I think he's still in the Indians organization. He, he ended up being a free agent sign, but that was their number three guy. We're just watching it. Like, this is, this isn't even fair, dude. Like, like you can't compete against this. 
So, you know, I think one year, yeah, it was, it was the year they won national title. I think uh, their nine hole hit 410 with nine home runs. You know, last year we had a, you know, a guy that was a second or first team All American, like dude, and he hit 380 with nine home runs. And this team's nine hole was that. So you're like, damn, okay, well, they're pretty good then. So Trinity's generally one of the better ones in our conference. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Those are some ridiculous. I mean, it's just crazy how D3 is trans- transformed. Um, I talked to the pitching coach where I coached and played at um, in mm-hmm. Hamlin University in Minnesota. And okay. um, they're starting they're starting to develop some upper 80s and 90 mile an hour guys. Um, and it's like, right. <laughs> dude, I don't know what the difference is going to be in five, 10 years between D3 and D1. I don't know how they're going to keep them apart because kids are just going to know how to develop, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's going to well, be. Well, he even said it with two years right there. If you think about if you really get a kid at D3 who understands a three year process and you're at yep. 80, if you're at 80 and Scott Lacey's your pitching coach, and we're not saying you're going to get 15, right? We're just saying that you're going to, you're going to learn <laughs> yeah. and increase. Like we don't, we don't know what your yeah. potential is. That's all based on the effort and the hard work that you put into it, right? right? But we right. got a guide, we got a dude, and I, you know, hats off to you, man, because. You know, I know you're busy, you know, and so the yeah. fact that you're busy, still able to program, stay in contact, you know, it, yeah. it, it really shows that you care about the long term, about what's going on to the athletes. So, I mean, man, I'm, I, I've had some pitching coaches, um, but, you know, a bunch of them in my career, in my life, but I don't think I've seen that level of, of dedication and understanding directly before. So hats off to you, buddy, because that oh, guy's lucky. Thanks. I mean, I was I was really lucky in that I had coaches growing up that um, they gave you everything they had every day. Like they, that was my understanding of what a coach does. Is they just went full tilt, full bore, all the time. Um, and I know the two coaches that made the biggest difference on me. One was in high school. Uh, one was a football coach in high school, and then one was a uh, assistant I had in college. Um, they just believed in you. And it was just like every day, nonstop, like they, they gave you everything they have constantly. And I asked one of them, you know, when I started getting into coaching, like, man, how do you do that? Cause that's, that's hard. Like, that's not easy to do. And he was like, you just have to be willing to just go above and beyond without any thought for you. It's like your role as a coach is to impact them and help them. Like your role is to help them be the best versions of themselves. So whatever you have to do to do that, like go overboard on it, like give everything you have on it. Um, and it's not always going to work. Like it's going to work a lot of the times. A lot of times you're going to get the results, but it's not going to be right away. It's not always going to work. The impact is going to be a while before you see it, but you're going to see it. Um, and I, like I said, I was really lucky. And then when I started coaching, I had people around me that that's all they did. Like they just went full tilt, like full bore as hard as they can all the time. So I, I got lucky and I had really good examples on how to do it. Um, and then, you know, once again, I'm just, I'm lucky in that at Southwestern, our head coach is extremely open, but at the same time, like he demands a lot. And when I came on as pitching coach, he pretty much gave me a template, like, hey, this is what, at schools I've been at before, this is what we've done. Um, oh, sorry, camera falling. This is what we've done. And, you know, build off of it, use it. It's a good proven template, you know however you want to tweak it, go ahead. But it's, it's all you, like I, I, you go run away with it. And so I was given a lot of freedom and a lot of leeway to be able to, you know, make decisions. 
um, you know, luckily enough, I've had really good athletes who've worked really, really hard and, and gotten better. So, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll attest to this, like, it's not us, like they're the ones that do the work. Like I, I didn't throw a single pitch that kid, but he's the one who's won out, gone out, done all the hard work, done all the long toss, done all the stretching, done all the lifting. You know, I've just been lucky enough to be able to provide him with a plan and an idea of a guide of like, go do this and let's see what happens. So, and that's, you know. that's the fun part though, you know, oh, yeah. and that, that I think that you and I resonated on, like, if you understand the game of baseball and like how becoming good at something really is formed where you're actually going to practice this thing and train right. at it and work at it way more than you'll actually compete at it. Right. Oh yeah. Then, oh yeah. Then, then if, if you, when you lean into that and understand what every day is like, that's just what, the old school of baseball player, you know, emphasize, you know, that's, we just yeah. didn't hear those stories because there wasn't the training uh, mechanisms right. of like T work for pitchers, you know, like, right. I, I right. feel like bio care stuff is like T work for pitchers. And so, yep. you know, we were all taught to, um, you know, the stories of big leaguers taking hundreds of swings and trying to be the best hitter and how much it is. But I never heard once a story about a pitcher making hundreds of throws and working on his curveball. And right. Right. You know, um, in, I, I caught a little flack online for throwing a, a 55 pitch all slider bullpen and multiple people reached out and were like, how'd your elbow feel? You know? And I'm like, great. feels great. Yeah. Right. It feels fine. You know? Yeah. And so, I, I, there's so many, and there's so many things like that where it's like, Hey, you know, I, I'll go to some of the guys and like, Hey, you need to work on this pitch today. We're going to throw, you know, we got a 35 pitch pen, 30 of them are going to be this pitch. Like you need to find it and feel it and understand it. And same thing. I call a little flack from that from a buddy of mine. I was like, dude, like, how else is he going to learn it? Like, like it, I don't have any other way for him to learn it other than, yeah, we can, you know, we can do short boxes. We can work on it on flat ground. We can use all these different balls and stuff. And you, you can do that, yes. But the only way you get better at it is by doing it. So you need to throw it. And, you know, luckily enough, that was this kid's best pitch this year. And so it's like y y you just got to do it. But plyo care allows us to work on the mechanical parts. So that way when we get on the mound, we don't have to work on mechanics as much as we can work more on the pitch. And so it's just – using your training economy and using what you have to be able to maximize the time you have when you actually tow the rubber. Um, and that's, you know, like you said, like I do when I was in college, like we just threw a bullpen and like that bullpen was like, that was it. Like you, that was pretty much your work day. So if you had a bad bullpen, like you suck, like, great. There's no way. Like, okay. It's like, it's like playing golf. Like you go, like you hit all these shots. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay. I can feel this. All right, yeah, but then what? Like, all right, I didn't hit golf balls the rest of the week. Oh, now I'm gonna go play again. Oh, yeah, what I did last time. Yeah, let's go work. If you haven't done the work in between, like you're gonna do the same exact thing. So pitching, like if you don't use those bullpens as like time to actually learn and test stuff and have a plan for like, all right, I'm gonna throw ten that go back door. I'm gonna throw ten that go front door. What will happen if I pull the seam a little here? Like, what's going to happen if I go here? Like, uh, if I short stride, where's this going to go? If I go out of the slide step and, you know, working on it once isn't going to do it. So you Yeah, I don't understand. So I had my coach, um, my freshman year, I pitched six and two-thirds innings. I had 11 Ks because my coach told me that I should only throw breaking balls. And I got really fucking good at it. 
And, yeah. and the thing is, is like what you're just saying is why not? I, I, I don't know why this narrative got so weird at some point. Like um, we talked, we've talked about it a lot. So I don't want to like beat a dead horse for people that listen a lot, but right. it seems so strange when we say things that seem so simple, right? Like, why wouldn't you just throw 30 changeups in a row if you want to work on it? I don't understand that. Why don't we throw, you know, John brought up the idea of throwing like 50 to 60 pitch bullpens on purpose because, you know, nobody ever prepares for the 30 to 40 pitch inning, but they do it, you know, yeah. and, and, and these things are just, I'm not quite so sure how we got so out of common sense. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Um, how how everybody had to do things a certain way and it's it's just really weird i don't know what yeah, else and, i know this is a we, we you know this isn't a new conversation but it's just right it's right messed up well and you know you get the thing of where everybody wants to learn five six seven eight pitches like you want to have a full arsenal so i can attack everything and i thought that way as a pitcher i was like okay well i need to be able to throw this and then throw that and then throw that and in reality it's like all the best arms, all the guys I played with that were dudes and all the guys I've coached that were dudes, they didn't have a four or five pitch mix that they could throw. Like th that doesn't exist. Like if you were that good, you would be getting paid a lot of money, like a lot of money to pitch. And it's like, man, like we had a kid this last year that he was kind of working on a change up and I banged it. And he's like, why, why? I'm like, dude, when you come in the game, you're going to throw 90% curveballs. Like he throws this just huge 3000 RPM banger. And I'm like, dude, you're just, you're going to throw curveballs. That's it. You're going to throw curveballs. And he's like, well, you know, I think a changeup can get lefties out. I'm like, dude, a curveball is going to get lefties out. Like there's this magical rule that if it turns, they have to swing the bat. So like you'll throw it and yeah, it's coming into him, but it's turning. So, you know, by the rules of D3, he's got to swing the bat. You're going to get him out. Furthermore, you're going to pitch two innings. By the rules of D3. Oh, dude, dude, we got some good ones. You know, if it turns, you you must swing. You have to. If you get two quick outs, you got to, like, go 3-0 or 3-1 on the next guy. Um, <laughs> if, if you're up by a lot, it is in the rule book. You have to let the other team in the game. All right? So, like, you have to go, like <laughs> – Hit by pitch, That's hilarious. walk, oh. leader, double Dude, all the team back in the game. We are up by ten, and we're bringing in our closer every time. Every oh. time, like like always, never, let the team respond after a go-ahead inning. So like we, I'll never forget this. We went up by like eight one time, and I was like, "Hey, let's get this guy in. It'll be a good opportunity for him to get in." And our head coach turns and goes, "No, I want so and so, who was our best reliever that year." And I'm like. Why? We're up eight. Like, we're up eight or nine. Like, what are we doing, dude? We, we got a touchdown lead here. Like, get this kid his work in, and we'll be good. And he was like, bro, if we bring that kid in, he's going to get an out. He'll hit a guy. He'll get a bleeder. He'll hit a double. And all of a sudden, now this kid's got to make a stress pitch, so he's going to walk a guy. And then he's just going to throw a Broadway fastball because he's stressed out. And the dude's going to hit out of the park. And now our nice, comfy, you know, eight-run lead is now – Three. Yeah. And he's like, so uh you know I got two also. Oh, 
dude, I was actually guessing. I wasn't. It's funny guessing. that you say that too, because I had a, uh, and I remember being in in uh, winter ball, and there was like a lefty all season that threw in front of me, and I finally had to go to the manager just ask for, you know, because there were all these situations where, you know, sixth seventh inning, I'd be first out of the pen righty, he'd be first out lefty, and finally I just right. went to him and I go, hey, can we look at my splits against lefties? Like, can I just start with a clean inning instead of? Runner on second and third. Yeah, runner on second and third, no outs. Because that's real cool. That's real cool when you put me into that situation. And I feel like we can avoid this. Can we just avoid it? Yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's funny. So we're just like, okay, cool. Let's just, you know, throw the best guy. Throw, like, just win the game. Just win the game. Don't try to get cute. (laughs) Don't try to develop. Just win the game, and then we'll develop later. And uh, so for a lot of our pitchers, like, it's just, hey, let's maximize this one thing. And once you're really, really good at it, all right, great. Now let's add in a wrinkle to be able to get what you're struggling at. You know, and, and you know, everybody equates like, oh, well, you, you have to throw 60% fastballs. Well, aside from our three flamethrowers, aside from our dudes that absolutely fuzz it, the batting average against on fastballs were not good. Like the the guys, like our, our – three dudes that throw hard, their batting average against was under a hundred, you know? Yeah. Cause one of them's touching a hundred. The other one hit 96. The other one hit 92. Like they're not going to get hit the other guys. Yeah. They're, you know, hitting 260, 270. So it's like, you know, we're, we're going to throw bangers cause they're hitting under a hundred against off. So we're just going to keep throwing it. And one of the guys, you know, fought me on, he's like, well, I don't want to throw that many breaking balls. I was like, why? I'm like, it's a free pitch. And if they can't hit it, you might as well keep throwing it. Like we're going to throw it until they hit it. And uh, one of the dads for the players came and he's like, yeah, you guys threw a lot of breaking balls that game. I was like, yeah, it was our first complete game of the year. We only allowed one run unearned. He struck out 12. How about that? I was like, yeah, but like you got to throw fastballs. I was like, heck no, I don't. He throws 84, buddy. Oh, man. Okay, l- listen oh, to this. I've been saying – I said this thank the other you. day. This is, this is my favorite way of saying it, Okay. There is not one kid in the entire world that gets on MLB The Show and just starts drooling fastballs away, fastballs away, fastballs away. As soon as you do it, the dude sitting next to you is like, bro, what are you doing? It's it's like, ah, I got to establish my fastball command. Why are you sitting three home runs, bro? Like, like, oh, man, but if I hit my spot, you're not hitting those. Yeah, they are. And, oh, and that was the thing is, is, dude, the, the spot know, argument the, is, is such a good one, um, too. It, oh, God. There, you know, I, oof, man, there's, I, I love going into this stuff with you, man, because like I said, you and I did this whole, why are these, because we could title that conversation for an hour. I was like, why is this a thing? That was the, that was the, yeah. how you sum it up. Like, yeah. why is this a thing? Because you and I played at a different level um, and cast it and did spend as much time with you as I did. But I felt like all of the same questions that I had about like why we did these yeah. things that didn't make sense in the strategy of baseball, like how did, what, why, I don't understand. This is not an effective strategy of how to make a pitcher yeah. better or win the game or whatever, right. you know, and, right. and you can see like, it with like the minor league had- data right now. Like they, they just said like sliders are up, like or breaking balls are up 60%. And like now, now people are yeah. like, how are strikeouts up? And it's like, dude, Dominican guy told me a long time ago, straight ball goes far, like just straight up. That, and not wrong. You, you can't like, you can't blow fastballs by guys. You can't like there's, there's 
you know, there's going to be someone that can catch up to it no matter what. And we had a kid this year, good little lefty arm, like figuring stuff out, worked his butt off. First outing, first inning, he's like max efforting it. And we're just like, what are you doing? And yeah, I mean, he grabbed 91. You're like, sweet. Like he's throwing hard. But the next inning, like, because he was trying so hard just to blow heaters by everybody, like he got, he gets like walk, double, double, double. And then, you know, didn't finish the inning. So his next outing, he goes out and we talk to him like, hey, man, we're going to try to pitch more. Like, I, it's cool that you had 91. I'm pumped about it, but like, I need you to pitch. So his first inning, he gives up one unearned. Um, and during that inning, we do a mound visit and our head coach is just getting pissed and he, he hates pitchers to begin with. So he like already going in, like, I, I hate this kid. And now he's like, I want to murder this kid. And so he looks at me and he's like, you better take the visit. Cause if I take the visit, he's probably going to cry. And I was like, I got it. So I go out there and <laughs> I got you know, it. like, like our, our general thing is like, he's the bad cop. I have to play mom. I have to be like, baby, it's okay. Like you're going to be fine. And so I finally just like lost it on him on the mound. I was like, dude, just please pitch. Just please. Like, just, just figure this out. So we get out of the inning, and the next half inning, we go in and sit down. I'm like, listen, man, we're going to throw a breaking ball this first at batter. And we're going to go breaking ball first pitch. And like, you might go 3-0 if you don't throw a breaking ball first, right? We're going to throw him three straight breaking balls and see what happens. He's like, all right. And then, like, our ace, luckily, the dude throws 100, walks over, and he's like, bro, you don't throw hard. Stop. And he's like, what do you mean? I, I, hit, I hit 90 that inning. He goes, that's a sweet changeup. Stop. Like, you're, you're, no throw breaking balls so then he didn't throw a breaking ball in the first inning and he finished like he threw a cg that game um i think we threw 80 percent curveballs and that's not an exaggeration yeah. like we would go oh 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 breaking ball ball so it's one oh okay call it again boom strike and they, they the hitters was like oh he threw a one oh breaking ball so i'm like watching it and i as a former like i hit in pro ball i'm like Okay, at some point, like by the fifth inning, you got to go, okay, this guy's only throwing bangers. Like he's <laughs> only throwing bangers. And they would just swing through it and swing through it and swing through it. I'm like, I'm just watching. Just like I'm getting pissed off that they're swinging this. I'm like, dude, have a clue that we're only throwing breaking. Yeah, exactly. But it was his best outing. It was his best outing. And, the, and he came in and he's like, I'm going to start throwing more breaking balls. I'm like, now you're learning. Now you're thinking. Thank you. And it's, it's the whole idea of like, dude, if that's what you do really well, then do it. Like if that's what you are good at, do it until they adjust. Once they adjust, great. Now we can tinker. Now we can adjust. Now we can do this or that. But until then, like do what you're best at. Like if you throw a hammer cutter, throw it all the time until they prove that like, okay, they figured this out. Like it, that, that whole mindset of you need to be complete and you need to do this and establish fastball command early. It's like, no, establish um, what you're I good at. I, I will say, um, as much as I was crapping on the idea of what the NCAA does, it also put me in a mindset to think creatively like this. And I think that that's yeah. what I really like about the D3 experience with me and at training. Like, I think we're basically the same person professionally because that's what I was doing in Minnesota, coaching D3 baseball and running a, an, a private place like we do now. And um, you you need, especially in Minnesota, you have to condense everything. You have to know yep. what is the least things that I can do to get the most output, right? Yep. And and I think like in Southern California, it seems like we're trying to like make the most money with the you know least amount of things that we have, and like that happens to be something that coincides with 
doing things the right way and doing things efficiently. You know right. what I mean? So um, I've been really attracted to how John has talked about sequencing um, to simplify things. Um, and, and, and that narrative that you just talked about, um, I, um, you know, my head coach that I was working under, he always um, told me that the, the thing that he appreciated most about me as a young coach was one of the first things I said was, I think you should have two pitches because I think the amount of things that you can do with two pitches is infinitely more than you think it is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, John has helped me do a better job of like giving them because everybody wants actionable plans. Speaking of, you know, ABCA, nobody wants to sit there and like abstract their own ideas. They want you like, here, do X, Y, Z, you know, follow these four patterns, you right. know. So, my, but anyway, my narrative was always this. I, and I learned I didn't learn this until like 24, 25. So as a kid, I was always curveball. As my dad always encouraged me to mix it up. That's all he would tell me. Mix it up. Hey, you did a great job mixing it up today. That was it. Had a bunch yeah. of people try to shove fastballs down my throat. Like it never worked. Catchers, coaches. If I could mix, I was good. Um, I, I always needed to pitch backwards. So anyway, I finally had a catcher that would just like took me by the balls and told me exactly what I should do. And he was right. So I can literally throw fastball arm sides and curveballs for a strike all day long. Like yep. not even like in on like just fastballs arm sides the whole entire time because that what that does that fast slow combination based on and also because I'm pretty white with both of those pitches, right? I don't care if you're righty or lefty. It it's hard because my my breaking ball is awesome, you know. Right. And and because I had great command with it, it didn't need to get more complicated than that. So I, I fucked around with a knuckleball because it's fun and it was amateur baseball. Yeah. It's deep. Right. And, and but also like John and I have talked about how I, I you know it, health has always been a thing for me. Also, I probably would have a change up by now, just being in the game all the time. But at the same time, I've always been like, why? Because I have dealt with you know I've faced some very good hitters as a D three player. I've been in some very competitive games, and I can just throw you know really simple sequences and just yeah. execute and just dominate people. You know, because yeah. like you said, I'm willing to throw seven curveballs in a row. And then later in the game, I'll throw nine fastballs in a row. Probably not. Yeah. But like I'll, I'll throw they, four in a row. Right. And and it's like I, I faced a pitcher in college and it pissed me off my senior year. He was a, um, a Puerto Rican lefty and he went we recruited heavy in Puerto Rico. Like we had probably seven to eight Puerto Ricans on every team. So. We go heater in, and I foul straight back. I'm like, all right, I'm on this guy. And then I got seven straight changeups, and I was so pissed after about the third one. I'm like, all right, he's not gonna throw it again. And I foul off. All right, he's not gonna throw it again. Oh, it's a ball. I'm like, okay, he's definitely not throwing it now. Throws it again. Okay, it's like I'm like five deep. I'm like, there's no way he's throwing it again. Throws it again, and then finally gets me to fly out on it. And I was so pissed off, and I tried to fight myself not to do the dumb meathead thing. Oh, just throw me a fastball. And I get into the dugout, and I was just like, Roberto, like, why did you just throw me seven straight changeups? Like, what? Like, come on, man. I'm fighting for a spot here. And he was like, Bobby, you weren't going to hit it. Like, you weren't going to hit it, and I'm throwing it. So, like, get lost. Like, sucks to suck, loser. Like, figure it out. Hit a changeup. And that mindset, like, dude, just throw it. Like, if, if you got something that's good, just throw it. Now, obviously, like, starter, reliever, like, yeah, there's – you know, you want to save some for the end and have a different look a couple times through because good hitters will adjust, right? But ultimately, man, if you're going out, like throw your best stuff. Like if, like just get people out. That's the whole the, the whole job of pitching is to get people out. 
So like, throw your stuff. That's going to get people out. You know that. Yeah. The the hitters will adjust thing. Um, I want to jump into that. Um, Cass and I yeah. have been into uh, some sequencing ideas and stuff, and I haven't uh, gone over this idea with you yet, but. Um, <clears throat> I think that there is a way to prepare a game plan in a simple manner um, using option style offensive strategies like in basketball and football with pitching, where you can set up general ideas and understand where you are inside of a sequence and where you can go. Um, okay. for, to do this, we, I like to break it down into two things, fast and slow. Okay. And so the most common sequence for a young kid to learn normally would be fast, fast, slow, slow. So we do it in fours. There's 16 combinations of fast, slow between that, right? But if you look at pretty much everything, you know, you can go back in generations and look like Braves of the 90s, right? They were all down and away, down and away, banger, right? Right? Exactly, right? And those are these common sequences, right? So what we've been doing is, is with some of our remote training clients and some of our kids before all this stuff happened was we started introducing this to nine and 10-year-olds. And they love it, right? Yeah. And so once you put these in their idea, um, I'm sorry, once you put these ideas in their head, you can have them start learning what creativity is and making their own decisions on what pitches they want to throw based on right. how they learn about tunneling and what the options are, right? right? So the way I look at sequences are they're like combinations and like um, boxing or Mortal Kombat or something from there, right? Yeah. I'm going to hit you with, I'm going to go bang, 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 right? Whether right. it's your story of seven changeups in a row, or I've right. got a story where I'm facing Marcus Lattimore, a very, very good hitter. And I throw him 12 cutters front door in a row and he hit 12 mammo bombs out of the stadium foul in a row. And it was just, it's okay. You, it, that's the, what he did with that pitch. I threw it. That's his swing. He didn't make an adjustment, right? Yeah. After 13th pitch slider out of that tunnel, Boom. He's early. See you later. Right. He was, yeah, he finally, early. exactly. He finally was convinced that, you know, and a good thing with my slider, I probably should have done it earlier in the at bat, right. Once I got him committed, but right. Sometimes you just got to do stuff for the sake of doing it as a, as a pitcher. I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to let it fly, you know? Exactly. Right. So um, that being said, um, you know, I, I feel like breaking it down fast, slow is, is the simplest, most easiest way to, to try to make yourself a, a difficult pitcher with a, with a good plan. Um, yeah. Have you, do, have you heard of anything like this before or, um, and what do you think about it? Yeah. So there, there's a guy this winter um, that has a, a facility up North in Austin. And um, I've known about him for years. Like I've known of him for you What's know, his name? 10 years. Uh, his name's Keith Jackson. Uh, he runs action baseball. And I, I've known about him for years. Like I've known who he is. Uh, I've met him once or twice, but nothing really crazy, just like in passing. Uh, well, I did a winter camp with him this year and we're breaking down like bullpens and like how, like how we wanted to phase the bullpens. Like first is like, you know, get used to the slope. Then the next one is okay. Now we're going to learn spin. And the next one is okay. And then we're going to do sequencing. And the last one is we're going to face pitchers or face hitters. And um, he's like, yeah, the sequences I like to do is like, uh, up down spin uh or yeah up down spin down up spin in out change um out in spin and so like he like broke it down on like how to use it and he's like yeah and the way he, when he would coach the way he would do it is he would just have them like listed and he'd be like all right hey he'd like he'd look at the guy and be like hey do uh do sequence one 
And so the catcher would be like, okay, fastball down, yes. boom. All right, fastball up, boom. All right, breaking ball low. He's like, and they can go off of that. Like if something works, like, yeah, switch to it. But you have those basic tunnels. Um, and so the way he put it that way, I'd never like thought about it in that. Like I thought about like, okay, yeah, you go in, you go out, and we go here. Ah, shit. I want to do that, 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 then this. And he was like, yeah, just go in, out, spin off. Up, down, spin off. I was like, oh, that's. That I, I'm getting jacked up because I, I was going to tell my buddies, my Weston, the, the pitching coach, that that's the cheat. Like, you can also, like, you just solved a bunch of sign problems too, because yep. now you can sign in sequences. Yep. Like, it's so, so, it, it speeds up the game. Oh, my God. Oh, it yeah. speeds up the game too, right? Right. And so and, then I went and to really, and I was like, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was like, like, man, like, Second time through, you can just alter the sequence. He goes, yep. You know, second time through, if we went, like, if we went down, up, then breaking ball. He's like, all right. Second time through, then we go breaking ball, down, way off, up, back in, and then back to the breaking ball. He's yeah, like, you're still you, playing the tunnels, but in different orders. Yes. Right. And so he's yep. like, there's infinite numbers of ways you can sequence within that based off who the hitter is. And that's why we keep on we keep on bringing this up because you're the first person that's actually had like oh yeah this is similar to another idea that we've had you know right. because um I, yeah that's the that, that that's this is what completed my idea that I was like okay if I just throw two pitches the whole entire time like and I was literal about it I'm like I'm literally trying to throw fastballs down and in and breaking yep. balls wherever knowing that I miss arm side I miss up I'll miss over the plate every now and then. But like that right. was a good place for me to live because I tended to have arm side misses like most yeah. of us, right? right? And so if I stayed in, I wasn't fat, and and so then my breaking shit went away from that. I was literally throwing, you know, two pitches, not like to different locations, like two pitches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that it never looked like that. And so with that, now it's like, okay, it probably shouldn't be that because to John's point, it's like. And, and, and thinking back more critically, because I called pitches two with this idea, I probably fell into too much of just like in every other. I was just kind of a fast, slow guy. Yeah. So you'd look at me, you'd chart me, and it'd be like, oh, he went fast, change, fast, cutter, fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily falling into patterns, but I was falling into sequencing patterns, or fast, slow patterns, which is right. funny because we didn't, we didn't look for those. And it's so much simpler. Right. And I know like, when my first year calling pitches and I'll, I'll never forget the moment too. And I know who was pitching and like, I can, I can probably actually go pitch for pitch on what happened. Um, but like I'm calling and at this time, like I was really big into like sequence off the previous pitch, which as a general MO, you should like, you, you can't go into an app app with like, okay, these are my six options. And like, I want to go this, 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 and follow it like an NFL playbook. It's kind of based off the first pitch. You know, so if you like throw a 30 foot slider, like we're probably not going to go back to it that next pitch generally with most guys. Right. And so I'm calling and like I, I get this, we get this guy set up. It's three, two. And I'm like, dude, oh man, this, this guy's cooked. We're going three, two slider right here. This guy's done. Call it. And we walk him. And our head coach like turns over and just blows up and then looks at our catcher who like had a really like him and I were on the same page, you know, almost all the time and he like was like colby you got it and like look just like death stared me and i was like yep point taken put my stuff up and just like wore it like all right i gotta wear this like i messed this up and later he was like listen man you can't get cute like this isn't a guy you get cute with he's throwing that breaking ball for 40 percent strikes you can't 
do that with this guy. You can't set up to, he's like, you're thinking of it like a pro would. He's like, if you're facing, if you have a pro on the, on the mound, he's going to execute that pitch. And that is a hundred percent the right pitch to call. But that guy ain't a pro yet. Like he ain't that good. Like, yeah, it, like it was a tweener pitch, but like he walked him. We just walked the lead off that. Like, good job. And I'm like, That's a great example uh, of uh, what a real percentage of data would actually help where people are confusing numbers the wrong way. Like you're yeah. looking at spin rates of your slider, but what we should be looking at is the consistency of that slider that day. If you're right. one for 10 throwing the slider that day, it's not working. It's not working, it just, right? It just and it, it. and it yeah. doesn't have to be the slider. It could be the arm side fastball. It could be the glove yep. side fastball. It could be the changeup. It could be the cutter. It could be whatever yep. they don't feel comfortable in that day. And and um, I, I tell Cass all the time, you know, uh, about what if one of your pitches isn't working that day and you're a two pitch guy. Now what happens? Right, you got to adjust. Right. And it's also why I like fast slow and I'm not knocking the other idea of what you were talking about with the in, in right. or in out, but that's why I like fast slow is because man, you, you always got fast slow. You don't yeah. know where it's going, but something can be slower and something can right. be faster. Right. And, and it, it just keeps, I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm John knows I'm pretty, I'm thinking a lot about this stuff. So when I'm like right. harping on, I like this idea. I like this simply it's because it keeps on checking all of these boxes. Like it, it removes right. a, a lot of the fat. Um, and yep. so I'm, I'm in love with this right now. And um, I'm, I'm in love with it because well, it's, and it's, it's, so I, it's cool because you can understand it real quickly too, right? Even you Scott, yeah. right? So let, I'll just that. ask you a question and your answer is going to be in four four pitches you have to answer in fast and slow. And I'm just going to put you in a situation and I bet you know what to do because I know your baseball IQ, right? Oh, this is going to be tough. You're putting me you on ready? the spot. I'm not going to No, it's okay. okay. I promise you. So you're There's just going to answer. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, you ruined it. <laughs> All right. So what, it's okay. What's, okay. All right. Ready? So second and third, no outs. What's, what's your okay. four pitch sequence? Who's on the mound? You <laughs> like, are. Who? Oh, gee. Um, I'm on the mound. I got second and third, no outs. Um, I'm guessing it's a close game. Um, depends on what I got that day, but generally I'm just going to throw sinker. I'm just going to go like sinker out. If it's a righty sinker, try to go back knee and then sliders off of that. Um, and just, I'm just praying for a ground ball to third or short. So fast, and, fast, slow, slow. Yeah. Generally it, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get contact until I get two strikes. Once I get two strikes, I'm trying to like not have contact. Yeah. So yeah, what about pro, yeah, the fast, fast, reliever reliever brought into the game in the same situation? Second and third, no outs. Spin, spin immediately. S slow, slow, fast, fast. Yeah. So for me, like, I, and I've got like a weird little thing that as a hitter, if I knew, if I'm at bat and there's a reliever coming into the game, I'm getting a first pitch heater. So I would tell like me and I would tell other hitters like, hey, this is your pitch. Like, send this. Like, sell the farm. Let your hips fly. Like, I'm just go nuke. Like, and if that just means you know a basic symbol for you because you're tiny, great. But go for it. Like, you know you're getting a heater. And so, any reliever, like, anytime I coach, the reliever comes in first pitch of throwing breaking ball. Every time, no matter what, I'm like, yep, yeah, nope. Okay, like, I'm gonna go with it. And we did it. Like, we the one time we didn't do it last year, we gave up a hit. And then after that, like, I kid you not, every single reliever we brought in first pitch to their throwing is their, their best breaking ball. Like, yeah. it, it was regardless of the swing path, yep. 
regardless of what, nope, we're going breaking ball. And then if yeah. uh, a pinch hitter, like, oh, they're bringing this guy in off the bench. Okay, pinch hitter. Okay, great. Cool. Yep. Come in. Your first pitch, you're getting a breaking ball. Like, I don't like, cool. Hey, welcome to the game. Here you go, buddy. I'm not giving you a heater. You can't get comfortable. But One yeah, of the other I, things that I like about the fast, slow uh, part of it is how you can use it for scouting, right? So especially in college baseball, you know that team offensive strategies are a thing, right? Right. 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 You look at like Florida State, right? They're guaranteed take first pitch, first time yep. through, guaranteed. Take first pitch, right? So we know these things that happen with hitters, right? As they get uh, deeper into the count, right? And the more strikes they get, the more aggressive they get to quote unquote protect, right? So if you understand that, you could probably end up going fast, slow, fast, slow to start off and feel pretty comfortable about how you're going to go about the game. Because even if you throw a first pitch ball on your first fastball, you can come back and throw a breaking ball for a strike 1-0. And now you've got a pretty good plan. But also you can understand like, Maybe I need to change it up to slow, fast, slow, fast, or something of the point when, right. when you know that maybe the three holes aggressive first pitch. You know, yep. certain guys have green lights, right? Yep, and it's and that's a, that's a really good way because like I know with us, like I was saying, our first year we weren't good, and so what was fun was we had to figure out any way we could manufacture offense. So we took like like we probably in our, in our head coach laughed. He's like. You know, he's like, you want to guess how many takes I gave in 2016 when we were the national t- champions and I had the best offense in the country? I was like, how many? He goes, none. You want to know how many I gave in one game? Like, he, like I coached third for two games because our third base coach was out of town. And without fail, first pitch, we're taking, boys. Like, we're better off if we take. And then, you know, we get a guy on first, fake bunt. And our head coach is like me. Like, I hate bunting. I think it's stupid. Like, I absolutely abhor it. Like, I'd rather swing the bat, take my chances. Why not train good hitters? Well, they might miss. Ah, well, they might also hit in the gap. So let's train to be good. And uh, we'd fake bunt. Because, once again, it's in the rules. It's in the D3 rule book that if you fake bunt, they have to throw a ball. They have to. <laughs> now you're at a 1-0 count. And then if you do it again, you're, like, you're probably going to get, like, a borderline pitch. So if it's 2-0, you're definitely getting your heater, right? Great. We sucked at hitting. We know we're getting a fastball. We probably have a, you know, 20% chance of barreling it. That's better than the, you know, 10% chance we had of barreling it before. So we doubled our odds. Let's go for it. Um, or if it's 1-1, most guys aren't confident enough to go, like, 1-1 spin. So they'll go 1-1 heater. And it's like, all right, great. Now we're in a count. We can, we can get a barrel. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so you're, you're exposing all of these offensive strategies. Right. And th- that's where right. it's like, if you can figure it out, I distinctly remember throwing a CG in college and knowing that, that the team against us was take till you get a strike. So like intentionally slowing down to like first pitch, two seams at like 81 to 82 miles an hour. And just like, yep, no big deal. Just pour it in there and then come back right yep. after that with the hardest four seam that I could inside and like, yeah. and, and just blowing up hands. Cause I knew that they were swinging. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's so many examples of, of that exact idea, you know? So I got, go ahead, okay. go, go, go. Okay. So I think it's like, I think what we're talking about is the idea that it's so important to, as a coach to create these abstractions for the kids. So it makes the game simple. Okay. So when we look at, I mean, I, I think of like every single chart I've ever seen and every single, um, you know, whatever my stat sheet, whatever it is, 
it's like you don't know you're not nobody's telling kids how to how to read that and tell a story so like quit handing out those stat sheets and like tell them the story like you just have to tell them like okay so i don't know if you know st thomas from minnesota but they're they're Mm -hmm. always every every single year right and it's like i have faced so many st thomas pitchers that we're seeing 95 percent fastballs away like I, I don't know how like that, that's such a simple thing to do and then like you could probably say that about our entire conference you know in yep. some of our best offensive teams at hamlin were guys that were just like on the dish and then so we would also lead the country in hit by pitches too pitches, yep. you know but but like the difference was is they were i, I mean i have to be careful here. like it, it's just like we haven't had the success lately but it's just like we had dudes that could handle that stuff and then when the guys got thrown in they they kept their hands like this you know it was like yeah, they just, knew how to yep. just hit a ball that was that was basically middle because they yep. were on top of the dish you know yep. and so simple strategies like that 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 that's sweet but there it is okay i just exposed an entire program's offensive strategy was to get right. up on the dish and, and, and be able to handle the ball that was in because everything was going to be middle if it was a strike. And if they right. could handle the ball in, it, it was very smart. Um, but all you had to do was throw for, throw off-speed pitches against us because they were never going to chase anything besides fast. They were just going to hit fastballs. So yeah. throw a fastball out of their eyes, they'll hit it 400 feet. Um, but right. that was it. And so it's just unfortunate because you I'm pretty don't sure that's the Pirates there. pitching philosophy too. Is like yeah, but, the but entire like organization is throwing there. inside. Yeah. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just recognizing the yeah. correlation. Go ahead. Well, and, and, well, and, and you, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just the last part is that we need to just expose the fact that if you simplify all these people, you have an entire conference that is extremely predictable and you don't right. actually have to out-talent everybody. You can just right. get kids to play the game better than them. That's the game that nobody's playing. Right, and, and, you know, when I look at it, like when I watch guys, like, against certain teams, we'll throw a stupid amount of breaking balls. And against one team, like, there's one team in our conference that they will foul everything off everything we'll make i mean dude like we made so many quality pitches in two games and i'm just like watching them like like that's a good pitch it's a 2-2 slider off the black and this guy just it's just the worst ugliest swing and you're watching you're just like like it's just annoying and then you you now run into a space where you've thrown an it's a nine pitch at bat you're battling you're battling you're battling and you try to make a pitch a little bit better hangs up gets ripped and the guy gets hit you're just like so there's certain teams like that when, when I would call against that, like, I know, all right, they're going to do, like, they they swing down on the ball. Like, they're just going to chop everything. Great. The three guys that are high spin against us, like, that we have on our staff, all right, you guys, if you throw up, like, you have to throw up. Because if you miss middle, you miss middle up, that swing path, that barrel is going to go right to it, and they're going to absolutely piss rot it. And so, okay, against those guys, the three or four guys that throw heavy two seams and sink, like, this is your shot because they're going to beat it into the ground and or swing and miss on it and we'll spin off of it. Um, and it's like, all right, the other team in our conference just dips and rips. Like, they go for it. You know, they generally hit 30, 40 nukes a year. Like, they, that's all they try to do. So it's like, okay, cool. Against them, yeah, let's go high shelf and spin. You know, one of, we played a team in the conference tournament last year that, like, Literally, the guy we started the game with, we were out of pitching at this point. The guy we started the game with was 5'9", 130 pounds, 
Um, have you guys ever seen the first Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> so he was Steve That's Rogers hilarious. before he got the serum. And that was That's a joke. Hilarious. You called him Steve Rogers. And he threw 82. Steve A. <laughs> and uh, also baseball 82. player thing. <laughs> Very much so. Great changeup. Decent little banger. And he threw three innings against, you know, the number, I think they were three team in the nation. Went three innings, only gave up one run before we were just like, all right, you know, we can't do it anymore. And their head coach came out uh, during like a, uh, in between innings, we were giving them baseballs. He came out to talk about something and he goes, are you going to throw a fastball? I was like, no, they like, he doesn't have a fastball. I do like all we threw you was spin. And he goes, I know we can't hit it. Like, give me something else. And, uh, it, it was just funny because against them, spin was great. They weren't going to hit it. And if you made good pitches, like they weren't going to hit it. But if you, you know, try to groove in a heater or you got a fastball count and, you know, you just like, oh, here you go. Like they were going to hit it a mile. Like one of their dudes played in the Cape for two straight years and he hit a ball off, off one of our really good arms. And I still, to this day, I still give him crap about it. I'm like, Bro, that ball's still going. Like that ball's still in orbit. Like that ball was nuked. And he's like, "No, it wasn't. It wasn't that far." I'm like, "Bro, he he hit it to the field house. Like that was that's a 500 foot bomb." I was like, "I know. Like I've given up those balls. Like I know the distance traveled. Like I've, I've <laughs> I remember it. what that is. Yeah. Yes. Like I know what it looks like, dude. And next time we face him, you know, he didn't get a fastball. And the kid commented after the game, like, "You guys didn't throw me another fastball." I was like. Dude, the last fastball you threw is still in orbit. Like, like I'm pretty sure NASA got pissed because this ball yeah. went further than any rocket. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just like there's certain teams that, you know, you watch and you get a good scouting report and you're like, okay, we can beat them with this. And if you, if you have something like that where you can go like soft, soft, hard, hard, and then just like you can mix and match just based off of, all right, if I know they're taken, great, I can baby one in. Right. Oh, if they're super, super aggressive. Okay. I know I can, you know, try to miss a little bit and like try to throw a bastard pitch first pitch and just let's see if I can miss a barrel. And so, so yeah, it's, let me ask you this because it sounds like you and I think the same, all of us think the same way and like understanding, you know, um, how your offensive strategy should, uh, that you're facing should really help you devise your pitching strategy for what goes right. into. Why is that not right. more of a conversation? Why aren't we talking about knowing what the offensive strategy as as a player is, right? Especially in Major League Baseball, right? Because that's that's what we're, the cookie cutter idea yeah. is to yeah. the max yeah. as a pitcher, right? Yeah. I mean, Kerry Lightenberg came out and said on the podcast that Leo Mazzoni wanted to master one sequence: fastball down and away, fastball down and away, banger, right? Yeah. And then I distinctly remember that's all he did. Now, granted. The thing that I think people are missing on it is the arm side run on his fastball way. It looks like a ball to a big leaguer for a very long time, right? right. And then comes in last second and catches the corner, right? Right. And especially when you got great guys like Eddie Perez, Javi, you know, Javi Lopez. Javi Lopez, they, yeah. They do an amazing job of, of keeping that spot. Right. Now, the slider that starts off over the plate actually simulates it looks like, oh, that fastball is going to start in a, in a worse spot, and then it goes strike to ball. So, um, you know, it, it always seems like knowing the plan and the specific ideas of what, I, what I'm seeing online is, 
is that I think that to Cass's point, what he said earlier is like, we're trying to fix mechanics on things and conversations and, and not, we're, we're not trying to apply it to win the game so much. Right. Obviously right. if you have better mechanics then you have, you have more consistent pitches at whatever it is, right. Whatever, right, right. whether you're lo- a sinker guy, whether you're a split guy, slider cutter, it doesn't matter. Right? right. That's really what we're looking on. But the next phase of that is how do you make yourself a significantly more difficult pitcher to hit? And you could see it in the right. world series with Strasburg, you know? Yeah. I want to say he threw like, are, yeah, I was just going to say these things are running alongside each other too. Like I feel like people feel like they have to be two different things, you know, um, especially at your level at the D three level where it's like, ah, it's the season. I don't want to like get in his ear. And it's like, Bro, I, I get it, and you do have to win games, but there are so many ways that you can give people ways to continue to develop throughout the season and, and not oh, be so sure. careful. You know, and, I, and I'm and i curious about, too, just like that part being in the facility, knowing that side of it. I had so many people telling me, bro, you can't just stay in a facility because you, you got to get on the field. And I get what they were saying, but now that I did it, I'm like, bro, the, the people that think that that's two different things are the wrong ones. Like, they don't – I don't know. I'm curious right. to – You can – you you can so we we had a guy this year that he's in the he's a reliever in the Mariners organization and um, elite ride like on Rapsodo it's like generally he averages like twenty four to twenty six vertical break which it's just you know it's twenty seven to twenty eight hundred RPMs at twelve o'clock with no cut it's just pure backspin um, but the way he threw he couldn't effectively throw a breaking ball. So, you know, he was an All-American reliever in college at a D1. Like, he got drafted. Um, I think he got drafted in, like, the eighth or ninth round. Um, dude, like, he didn't allow an earned run his senior year. Like, he was elite and gets into pro ball and just gets banged around because he doesn't have a secondary offering. Um, and, I, like, he sends me video and we're talking and I'm like, man, we got to fix some stuff mechanically. He's like, well, I want to add in like a good breaking ball that can compare off my fastball. I want to add in a changeup as well, you know, so I can attack lefties a little bit more. So my fastball has more value. And I was like, all right, well, we got to fix what you're doing mechanically first. And he's like, yeah, well, I want to like, I really just want to add these pitches. And I'm like, dog, like the way you move, it is physically impossible to throw a breaking ball. Cause he's, he was one of those guys that would like, yeah, I'm super over the top. So you can never get on the front of the ball. So the whole off season, it's just been, all right, we got to fix how you move. And then once you're in a consistent spot, now we can actually go, okay, cool. You can spin the front of a ball. Great. Let's find what shape works best. Let's figure out, you know, what, how do we need to grip it? And so it, it essentially was three months of relearning how to move. And then two months of we're going to throw this over and over and over again. And we had three bullpens where, we tried every grip. We tried every thought and cue and idea to find what he has now for a slider, right? And it was just painstaking because, like, literally we tried everything. And in the room, like, there's two to three big leaguers. There's um, – and he lived with big leaguer. There's ten different minor league guys. So everybody's standing around and, like, throwing in their two cents and – there's two guys that throw, you know, have big league sliders and they're like, hey, this is what I think. Hey, this is what I feel. And it was just a bunch of experimenting. He found it. And then it's just throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. Just get comfortable with the grip, get comfortable with the shape, know what it means. And then it's okay. We're going to put a batter in the box 
And it's not just, hey, we're throwing a slider. Here's a three. Let me throw it for a strike. It's like, no, like you need to finish this a ball off the block or you need to finish this behind the plate or you need to finish this at his front hip. Right. And it was just over and over again, like, all right, we got to execute that pitch in that line, like over and over, like this is the line you got to work. And so it was a month of just figuring out like where he needed to throw with it to get it to move. And, you know, unfortunately with Corona, he wasn't able to go pitch in spring. Like that sucks. And so he came back and we've been expanding on it. He threw the other day and it's like, dude, he was throwing a legit slider and you're watching. You're like, that's good. You didn't have that last year. Like that's, that's elite. Like, his fastball is elite that it's going to get him elite swings and misses. But now that he has a slider, like that makes his fastball better, right? But none of that would have happened if he doesn't fix what he's doing mechanically. So when people say like, oh, you can't make a ton of changes at like a facility, you got to be on the mound. I think you need to be on the mound to be able to see if it works, what it looks like, where it goes. Um, and we're lucky enough, we have, you know, four or five pro hitters that stand that they were the ones standing in. Um, and we actively told that like one of them's, I mean, he got drafted in 2012. So he's, you know, 26, but you know, about four or 500 at bats a year in minor league baseball. Like, he knows what he's looking for. You know, it's been in big league training and he's like, Hey, nah, you tipped that early. Or, you know, it's just like your body slows down or like you, it's, it doesn't look as comfortable or like, Hey, that was gross. Like whatever you change there, like do that more. Well, um, so to be able to have that I, feedback loop is huge. Yeah, yeah. I think just what I'm saying is I don't – I mean, and, and maybe we just have different degrees on this. I don't know. Um, but the idea that – I don't think it's that hard to change movement in season. Like if guys oh, have no. postural issues, right? I'm not talking about an overhaul, right, where a guy's like, okay. Right. So that guy I'm going to be like, hey, bro, like here are your tendencies. Like that's, that's head going right. back way right. too soon. Okay, so the earlier you do that, the worse your throw is going to be. You just have to right. be aware of where your tendencies are. But I'm right. talking about like, man, you know, just like feeding into these tendencies. And if I'm going to like ask a guy to change his arm slot, it better be from like a very comfortable point of reference. So like I have a kid who's like you said, a third baseman, right? Him throwing sidearm isn't that freaking weird because he did it a million times. Do you know what I right. mean? Um, and so like, but if I've had a kid that's a PO the whole time and I'm changing his arm slot, that's just like a whole different ball. There's no reference. Right. Right, Exactly. So anyway, I was just, um, yeah, just thinking out loud of like, yeah, go ahead. And like in, you know, we're, you said earlier, you're careful not to try to make a huge change in season because you know, they're obviously competing and they're trying to get guys out. And the last thing you want guys to do is on the mound, think about an adjustment. Right. But I'm also willing to like dig in is what I'm trying to say is like John and I, 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 I mean this, like I'm so much more willing, especially seeing how assertive he is to just be like all on all the time, because yep. that's what I appreciate about him is like, I don't care when it is, if I, I'm going to be coaching you nonstop. The, the hard part here is like, uh, in all honesty, the D3 experience just doesn't allow this as much. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's where it's like, ah, it's such a tough battle. So anyway. Yeah, and I know with one of our guys who, like, last year, um, you know, ended up being all-conference, and, you know, he had a good year as a, as a pitcher. There was about midway point where he was striding out super, super far, like, trying to get way down the mound, and, like, his breaking ball was not as good, and he, he was starting to get less and less sharp, and, you know, his outing started to get worse and worse and worse. So we had an outing where I literally told him in the pregame pen, he's going through his routine and his mindset, 
And during the bullpen, like right before we got on, I like went and just like drew drew a huge line. Like, all right, in this pen, you're not allowed to stride past it. He's like, Scott, I'm trying to get ready to get people out. I'm like, all right, well, you're not going to get people out if you stride past that line. So if you keep it in front of that line, you can get people out. And he kind of looked at me sideways. I'm like, bro, you didn't get past, you didn't get out of the fourth inning last game, and you got the loss, and it was a terrible game. So what have you got to lose? You're going to pitch next week no matter what. Like I was like, dog, you get shelled in the first. Go look behind you. Who the hell in here is going to start over you? No one. Like, you're going to pitch. So shut up and just do it. And, you know, this kid is awesome. And he's, he just goes, all right, fine. And fine. Does it. Okay, that's that's starting to get better. Our catcher comes out, like, right before we go to take, you know, go to the dugout, take field. And he's like, hey, like, it looks good. Like, it looks sharp. Like, I, I like how the ball's coming out. Like, let's go. And then goes and has a great out. Right? And his whole thing was like, all right, if I do this, I can I can pitch better. I was like, yeah, so just focus on that adjustment. Yeah, we're not going to do a major overhaul. Like, I like I, would, I didn't take him from, like, there to there. It was just like, hey, stride a foot shorter, stay on the rubber, you know. And, and, I've, had, and I've had outings where I'm like, you know what, this is not working. First inning, I'm like, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. I go yes. literally, like, like 12 inches farther. Like, no joke. Yeah. I'm like 12. Boom, down in the zone. Just murdering yeah. the strike zone. It's like, yeah. I just, uh, okay, so here's just another idea in, in this vein. So, like, we've been talking with Randy Sullivan over the past six yep. months, and then I have a, a Ron Wolferth background. And, like, I know that they, like, just, like, do the weirdest shit possible so your body knows what to handle. And, and I'm, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, but I've recently, I was just sharing this with John in our remote stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten really creative. Having kids purposely stride open and close to yep. create context is such a simple way. I, I used to do it in Minnesota. I had four mounds um, set up and I would go, I used their idea of going, you know, down and then like sideways and then up and then mm-hmm. short, you know, just really variable. But the, the, the thing that I like the most is I, I don't actually love the up by the way, um, but I, the down and then on each side. Um, so like toes on the one side, heels on the other side. I really like the ability to do it. And so a lot of kids that I see that are quad dominant, if I can get them, so righties, if I can get them to actually stride to first base dugout and then still throw a ball well to home, um, that whole feeling yeah. of them can't. And the, the act of trying gets them right into their glute, right on target. And then when they actually can, I'm like, hey, bro, now you're being an athlete. Do you realize that you can do this? And oh, by the way, that's what Greg Maddox used to do to get more sync on his two seam. If you want to be an athlete, maybe you can pitch a little bit better too. So, right. you know, that's a little bit in con, uh, you know, that's counter to some of the stories that I th- think of when I was playing was like, there was a sports illustrated um, article on how doc holiday had three different spots on the mound, right? His back foot, his front foot, and then where his back foot came around on the mound. And it's like, sweet that's very much characteristic on his kind of work ethic and who he was as a pitcher but like bro a lot of people are like all over the place and are just as filthy you know what i mean so i know like one of the pro guys that we had this off season um he came in and he was a guy that uh lefty that would stride across and then come around and i mean he's got big league time uh, electric stuff, but was just cutting all of his fastballs. And so he was killing all of his efficiency. And so I'm watching him move. I'm like, okay, well, like, 
he's like, yeah, if I can get, if I can get behind it more, my fish should be better. And I was like, well, you're, it's going to be tough to get behind it when you go quad dominant and immediately go left. Like it's going to be really hard. Like you have to be an elite mover to make that happen. Not saying it's impossible. Jake Arrieta would do it. Uh, Jared Weaver in his early years, like his video would like. Warley. I mean, we're working with Vance right now. He yep. was always yep. cross. And so I was like, why, like, why do you go cross? Just, just curious. And he's like, well, the organization I was with was really big on me trying to, you know, be that and come across. I was like, all right. Like you're a good athlete. Like you're a D one, you know, pitcher. He's a second rounder. Like you're a good athlete, but you ain't that good. Like, like it's not working. And so I had him do multiple ideas. I was like, all right, well, I need you to go in reference. I was like, I need you to go to the third base dugout with your butt. I was like, when you lift and get moving, like take your butt to the third base dugout, this pitch. So, all right. So we video it. And like, he thought like he went literally to third base and it was like right down the middle. And I was like, so what'd you feel there? He's like, Oh man, I went so far over. And I'm like, I turned the camera. I'm like, no, you went straight. And he's like, what? Like, yeah. You were going, you're so used to going so far this way that thinking going this way actually puts you straight. And so he was like, all right, well, let me go more. And then it, like, he actually got his hips open. I was like, all right, now try to go straight. And he would go like three quarter off. I'm like, all right, now try to like, try to get over. And you go here. I'm like, okay, cool. Now go this way. And so it was just him messing with it. And the cool part is, and I'm sure you guys know it too, is with the higher level guys, once they get the concept and once they get the idea of what they're going to do, they're going to tweak it. And so they're like, Hey, I'm going to try something real quick. Like, all right. Like, yeah, go ahead. And they'll mess with it. Like, okay, I was trying this. I'm like, Oh, all right. Well, here's my idea on top of that. You can go with this. And um, it's just really interesting that like people like, cause he was big on like, my foot's gotta be in the same spot every single time. And he still is. He's like, if my foot's not here, this is a bad bullpen. I'm like, not necessarily, but okay. Um, but that's like his, his things. He's like, I, I gotta be in the same spot on his foot plant. And I was like, okay, well you got in that same spot every time. And it was a terrible spot. I was like, the two times you deviated to the right, like they were great pitches. You actually got your hips open to throw. And so he ran with it and would mess with where his foot lands and would like base and then see the pitch and be like, okay, I gotta be there. Or I gotta be here. Or I gotta be there. And, um, it's so interesting. There's, there's not one way that works. It's just letting them fill it out for themselves. Um, I know I told, you know, John, the story in, at ABCA, I had, I got a pitcher that's in the Padres organization that like six, seven big old dude. And it's just the easiest 95 you've ever seen in your life. Like it's, it's like a warm cup of milk. It's just like, Oh, 95. And you're like, Ooh. Hey, but try? For, for the record, like, remember the name Adam Lucas. He's with the Royals right now. I, I can't okay. imagine he won't make it, but he throws BP fastballs at a hundred. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's unbelievable. And this guy's going, and he's like I said, he's six seven. He strides all the way out, like halfway down the mound, and it's like 88, 89, 91. And I'm just watching it, I'm like, uh, hey, man, can you try something for me? He's like, yeah, I'm like, let's just like super stride short here. Just like go as short as you can. Let's just see what happens. So all right, Bond does it. Bah. He gets, he's like, man, that's so, that was like 86. He like turns and looks, and then, you know, I turn the stalker around, and then Rapsodo pops up, and I was like, no, nah, bro, that was 95. He's like, that don't make no sense. Let me do it again. Wow. 96. And I'm just like, all right, well, don't stride as far. Like, just stay within your body. But then there's another guy that was like, he needed to stride 12 inches more. 
And it was just, it's all about like kind of how the guy works athletically and like, all right, well, we got to mess. We got to figure out what's really, really good. We got to figure out what's really, really bad. We got to, you know, is it too much? Is it too little? Because how are you going to know what's just right? Like it's, it's a Goldilocks. How are you going to know the right forage if you don't yeah. have too hot, too cold? Like if, if yeah. you don't know, like how to adjust either way, then you're wasting your time. Well, I only know this one pattern. Well, what if that one pattern doesn't work? Congratulations. Well, you're, and, and, you're and now, I, you suck. And I do think, uh, you know, and this is just like in, in um, this is kind of in response to where the industry's at is everybody's talking about how everything needs to be so individualized. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. And this is what we're talking about. This is where it becomes individualized and the communication, what you say and how you talk about it. But at the same time, I, I it's all the same stuff. I'm like, you're human. You're, you have two legs, you have two arms. Like we have to understand that there's like, there, there's a degree of where you're at. And I think that, you know, anyway, it, it's obvious that, you know, what the hell you're doing. So um, I, I'm going to go off on a whole nother tangent. That's going to get us 20 yeah. minutes into this. And I have remote training that I'm yeah, going to be just about to, to say, we got to wrap this up. So, so right. Scott, this is by been the way, great. Scott, well, I want to say one more thing to Scott, and then I'm going to shut up and leave you to close out John. Um, th this has been awesome because I know that I know that just me sending it to some of my Minnesota buddies because the D3 community, I think, um, it's different, right? So it's, it's awesome to have a representative like you who is, is, is doing a fantastic job. So thank you very much for making us look good because D3 oh, is, is a different world. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a there's a line in I think it's a line in Harry Potter where he's like, man, he, he says something. He's like, that sounds so much cooler than it really is. He's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for years. So like, everything you're saying about me, like, thank you so much. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, bro, we still had a five ERA. Like, we were so bad. Like, I'm like, oh, thanks for the thanks for the praise. And I'm, in my mind, yeah, but your like, your conference, I'm bad man, talking your conference. Myself. Your, your conference and where you're at as a program. I mean, just to give you context, we won a school. We won. I won our conference championship my senior year in 2011. That was the schools. And by the way, we didn't win the conference. We won the conference championship. Um, we were two 16 and four teams and, and we were 15 and five best, like three teams school history or well, first right. time in school history that our team had a, a championship. And it took my coach. That was his 12th year in the program. Like twelve years to get a just a conference, just to be in a regional, like it's right. crazy. It's D three is yeah. such a different world. Well, and it's you know, I'm hypercritical of like me and like when I work with athletes, like I'm I'm super nice to a lot of them and like we talk, but like I'm also like, I'm just realistic. Like I'm just hypercritical. Like if you throw a pitch and it's still a bad pitch, I'm like that was pretty bad. Like it was better, but like that that's still that yeah. that ain't it, dog. And uh, that ain't it, dog. Get, that ain't it, bro. And so, like, with us, like, I know there's two guys, there's two pitching coaches that, like, coach in our conference, they're going to call me and be like, good, bro. Like, we had a 3-3 RA last year, and y'all had a 5-4. Like, y'all suck. And I'm like, yeah, but I'll, you know, we also had 11 Ks per nine and, like, did some things really well and, you know. Relative, right? You know, two, yeah, like, two years ago, we had two guys that could grab a 90 occasionally. And, you know, this year we had three dudes that hit 93 and then six dudes that hit 91. So it's like, all right, I guess it's relative. You know, we're averaging 13. It's real hard we're to, like, you know. anybody, especially that's, like, into serious baseball, if they bring up ERA as, as, like, a thing, it's like, bro, there's, like, that stat is is robbed more people than it's helped. 
right? It's it, There's too oh, many yeah. factors into yeah. it to evaluate a pitcher. It's not the correct way to evaluate a pitcher, right. ERA, right? We understand right. that that's the it's point. It's not a lever. Yeah, exactly. It's a way, like, right? I looked at it. I looked at it like, all right, uh, yeah, the ERA is not good. But you know what? Our K per nine is 13. It's pretty good. Our batting average against is 212. Like, I'm going to take that right now. Just tells me, you know, we just give up too many free bases. But um, no, but thank you, though, man. It's awesome that like it, yeah. you give me the praise and the love like that. Thank you very much. No, appreciate it. We'll do this again, and I'm sure we'll do one a little bit more based on movement because I know Cass would like that, and I know he'd love to yeah, go into the WEC method stuff. So we'll uh, we'll get you on the books hey, again, and we'll see I'm, what we can I'm do. Down. I, I will say the the open close thing, um, just talking about joints and simplifying it to open closing joints, um, I think is right. uh, where the, it's an interesting conversation of where, where my head's at and where the conversation's going at Cutter Nation. So anyway, yeah, man. I just and posted about down, it. So Awesome. I'll check it out. I'll be down to do this again and like actually get into that side of it, you know. Definitely. All right, Scott, I appreciate it. Guys, uh, go follow him uh, if you need a place to play in Austin, Texas, D3. He's your guy. So we'll get, we'll, we'll, we will do our best to send more uh, like minded individuals your way because I imagine that people in that area could really use some education from you. So great job. Uh, thank you again. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. Loved it. Uh, I know anyone that's I have in SoCal that I know that I'm like, hey, you got to go check these guys out. So Yeah, you, you sent us uh, a guy, too, and we told him we'll let him know as soon as we can get back open, which we have no idea when that's going to be. So, all right. Yeah, whatever. All right, man. Up. Good to meet you, Scott. We right, appreciate guys. you. We'll see you. All right. Yes, sir. Guys. Thank you guys for having me.